Glad you're here. What a great Monday night crowd. Gosh, look at you guys. Everybody on our online campus, we want to welcome our online campus. So glad you're joining us today. We love our online campus. We have a large attendance on our online campus, both Sunday and Monday. And uh, I, can everybody on our Monday night crowd here welcome everybody on our online campus? So glad you're here. Yes. Okay, we're going to kick off today, but I have a question for you. Has anybody ever talked to you about your family? culture. Maybe not necessarily your family, because that's something most people just don't point out. But have they ever asked, hey, what, how does your family do things? How does your family make decisions? How does your family choose priorities? How does your family navigate tough times? How does your, navig- how does your family, how do you do your family culture? Okay, And so with that question, I want to turn to you and say something that I think we, we know but we don't talk enough about. Let's just walk away from families for a minute and just talk real quick about any organization. It could be a rodeo organization. It could be a business. It could be a church. It could be a community. Let me say something, jump out from the start, okay? And the question that I have for you, okay, What is the most important, if not powerful, factor in any organization? Let's say you're going to go to work for a company. What are the things that you're going to say, this is the reason why I chose this company to work for? It could be things like pay, benefits. It could be perks, okay? Maybe you join an organization in town and it's a community service organization and you like what they stand for as far as the wins. And, and you know that if, if I'm a part of this organization, we're going to really focus on helping the community in this area. That may be a reason why you choose that. But I'm going to turn to you and say all of those things, whether it's pay benefits or perks when it comes to work, those three things we're finding out in the organization you work for, people are more and more saying those three things, pay, benefits, and perks, they're slowly becoming the things that aren't that important to me. And this one thing is becoming the most important. The flip side is, let's say there's an organization, and you go, we're supposed to be doing this, but you get in that organization, can we, can we answer that? I feel like we're going to go right across the country. Da-da, da-da-da-da-da. There we go, perfect. Um, I didn't know if that was like Jesus coming back or something like that. Uh, Whatever organization, can I just turn to you and say that what do you think is the most powerful factor in organizations? And what we're finding out is this, culture. Culture is the most powerful factor in any organization. And this isn't my opinion, by the way. More and more when you look around, when it comes to people, they're looking for jobs Yes, pay is important, perks are important, benefits are important, but more and more people have said, I have worked for companies with horrible culture, toxic culture. Going to work, everybody was mean, backbiting, everyone lied, made up rumors about everyone, and I just learned that the pay wasn't worth it. And I want to work for a company where the culture is healthy. Where there's a healthy culture, we didn't go to work and love your job, and we can get successful because we love the unity of working together, and money will come. But a healthy culture, 
is the most powerful factor in choosing a place to work. Maybe a community organization. We're going to solve problems. But the problems are a byproduct that we solve. But no one in the, in the room even gets along. I'm telling you, what we're finding is people want to belong to an organization that has healthy, strong, successful culture. And let me just tell you why this is important. Because this is the introductory message. We're going to be talking about family. We're going to be talking about your family. We're going to be talking about what is a healthy family. But what, it, most importantly, does God want to do in your family. But can I turn to you and tell you this? I don't know if anyone's ever told you about this before, but let me get your attention and show you why the next several weeks is such an important series. You ready? Because bad culture can actually derail God's kingdom at home. In your home, everything God wants to do, everything God wants to do in your kids, Everything God wants to do in your marriage can actually get derailed if you have a toxic culture. Okay? And this is interesting because we want to blame people in our family for having a toxic culture, but we have to examine ourselves too. And the reality is, is that if we're going to be the families that God's called us to be, and if we're going to see our kids turn into the people that God's called them to be, and we're going to see grandkids grow up to be the people that God's called them to be, we have to take a look at the culture that we have, and is our culture working for it or against God's plan? So we want to stop here. Let me actually flip this around and show you the opposite. And the reality is this, is that, Culture can actually enhance the awareness of God's kingdom all around us, okay? And I just don't want you to take this for granted because there's a lot of people who would go, that's right, duh, that's exactly right. No, no, no. This is a culture thing, and it's in our families when it comes to the kingdom of God that we're going to start developing people that we can actually say in our family, when it comes to the kingdom of God, we want it. We want it. We, we choose it. And you know what else? We, we talk about it all the time. These three things are three things that I want you to know that as a pastor, as a dad, as a leader, as a husband, I can have the best intentions of wanting God's kingdom in my life and in my family. But if the culture of my home does not want it, choose it, or talk about it, it's not a part of our culture. Listen, if we're, our only experience as a family is an hour and 15 message on Sunday or Monday, that's not our culture. That's a tradition. And we traditionally go to church. And we traditionally sit in the same seats. And we traditionally sit with the same people. And tradition never paved the way for God's plan in the families of God. But all of a sudden when we start wanting it, choosing it, and talking about it, it has everything to do about the culture of our family to say we want God's kingdom, we choose God's kingdom, we talk about God's kingdom. And I just kind of thought about this real quick. I just want to throw this in there. What, can you imagine living in a family? To where a young person is growing up and surrounded by, surrounded by aunts and uncles and mom and dad and grandparents who constantly are reminding you 
that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a God's Kid, you were born for a reason. You were born for a purpose. Choosing it. Whatever you do, choose God's best. Listen, mom has opinions. Dad has opinions. But you want to tell you what we do in our home is we choose God's best. It may look different than the path any of us chose. We all went to college. You may not go to college. We didn't go to college. You go to college. None of us are in the ministry. You go in the ministry. We're all in the ministry, but where does God want you? But all that matters to us is that you want God's plan and you choose God's plan. And you know what? It's not a rare thing for us in our family to talk about. What did God talk to you today about? What has God put on your heart today about? What have you been praying about? What have you been reading about in your Bible? What, if, what, what, what faith steps are you taking? What is something that the Holy Spirit's been stirring up in you? Kiddo, how are you doing with your walk with the Lord? And we talk about the culture of the kingdom of God at work all around us. And in a family culture that is kingdom culture, there is an awareness to want it, to choose it, and to talk about it. So... This, if you read your Bibles, shouldn't surprise you that culture is what we're talking about today. And for the next several weeks, we're going to bring up these really important bullet points, foundational truths, if you will, that should be in the heart of every family that chooses to follow God, chooses to accept Christ, and wants the kingdom of God in their life, and if you notice while you read your Bible, there is so much conversation about choosing the kingdom culture for us and our families. And so Paul, Paul is an amazing teacher who brings up several times these conversations. And I just thought I'd jump in and show you some of the things that Paul says. And one of them is found in Romans. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, listen to this conversation, and maybe today, before you go to bed, you can read Romans chapter 12. It's fantastic, it's deep, it's rich. There's going to be things that you look at, and you go, I don't get it, so study it, take a look at it, Google search, have fun with this. But look what Paul says. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world's culture, but be, let's all say it together, He's saying, don't do it like everybody else. If we truly want to see God do the things that he says he can do, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. And this is Paul's way of saying, Holy Spirit wants to do and has to do. A complete makeover, born-again experience, because your old culture isn't going to work. Your toxic culture isn't going to raise godly families. The old ways don't bring in God's kingdom. We have to renew our mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, there's a couple things I want to point out. Paul's really important here. Paul several times uses the word testing. And I think one of the things that you're going to notice in taking a kingdom culture seriously, and if you decide in this series 
Pastor Ty, I think I'm ready to change the culture of my family. I'm ready to change the direction of how we've ever done things before. We're going to really focus on allowing Holy Spirit to change how we do things. And we want his culture. Then what you're going to notice is that it's time to start testing things. And testing things isn't you walking around to see if it sounds like Jesus, acts like Jesus. It's simply an obedience of the Holy Spirit tapping on the door of your heart and saying, does this produce what you think is me? Is this going to bring the best of my kingdom? And you know what? In my life, I can just tell you that there's a lot of places that now in my life, it's not a bad or good it's just a good or better. And I really, I love how Paul throws this in, that every day, you, don't, you never arrive at a finish line. It is, it is growing every day by testing what we do. And sometimes the things that were okay before aren't okay anymore. And culture is always tested, even when you get older. Even when you thought, I've arrived. Even when the point you've raised, we, we've raised godly kids. We've sent them out there. I guess I can coast a little bit. And the honest part is Paul says, test that and see how it works. Try coasting in the kingdom. And you can't coast. And there's a temptation to always back off, to always idle back. And one of the things that's going to happen is your next culture of where God's taking you. Because he builds glory to glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept, God builds. And even as you get older, now's not the time to back off. Now's the time even to test our culture even more. And you'll see why here in a minute when I bring some points up. But Paul brings up three things that you will know the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. I want to really concentrate on this because it's important for us to understand the good word here when you translate it is there are useful, excellent things. And when you begin to test your culture, you begin to really dive in to the good and acceptable things, the excellent things that are better than the other choices. Part of developing a great culture is recognizing have we tested the quality of the culture that we've allowed in this family? Paul goes on and calls the next things not only just good, but acceptable. Which means, has it been inspected? This is important for a family. Because I think it's important for a family to start judging its harvest. Every family at some point has to look at the harvest this family is producing. And if the harvest is unacceptable, you can't curse the harvest. You have to start judging the seeds. I've said that many times. But Paul brings up the excellent things and the inspected things in a family. The last thing Paul brings up is the perfect things. What is good and acceptable and perfect. 
The word perfect here, when you translate it, literally means to a point where you want nothing else because nothing else is necessary for your completeness. You're not wanting anything else because it's perfect. You are choosing God's perfect plan, whether it comes to the toxicity and us moving on to a better life. But then examining the words, even when the good life we're living, examining our words, examining our intention, examining our ability to point out other people's wrongs and not ourselves, all of these things have to come to a point to which we have, we have tested it by, is it good, is it acceptable, but is it perfect? And is it at a point to where we're, we don't want anything else because anything else would be unnecessary because this is the perfect will of God for our family. And by the way, it is going to look different than the world's culture. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I just want to bring a little tension into the message. I'm fully aware where we're at. I just want you to know culture's a big deal, okay? But the real thing that we have to take a look at, and this this is the first thing that I want everyone to notice because if we're really going to get this series and if we're really going to absorb it, can I talk to every family leader in the room? Okay? Now, you may not think you're a family leader, but every family member is a leader because they have to lead themselves before they can lead anybody else. But let me give you the key insight on how a family culture is developed, how a family culture gets to be the norm, how the family culture doesn't get questioned, how this is how we do it, this is how we've always done it, this is who we are, this is how it is. If you don't like it, you can leave. Let me show you something I've learned over the years, okay? The culture of a family is the behavior of their leaders. I'm just going to let that soak in for a minute. Now, remember a minute ago, I said you can't start coasting in your old age. Not if you're going to leave the culture of your family for kingdom culture. You can't start coasting. You can't start throttling back. You have to stay consistent in wanting God's plan for your family and his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven And it doesn't matter if you think you have no influence at all. Can I turn to you and say, don't quit now. Don't back off. Don't start handing out uh, leadership roles to everybody else. I want to turn to every family member. Whether you are a dad or a mom, whether you're a grandparent or a grandma or grandpa, I don't care who you are. Can I just tell you that the culture of a family is... The behavior of the leaders. And you cannot expect anybody else to live differently than how you're leading this family. Let me tell you why this means so much to me. When I was 18 years old and went to Master's Commission, one of the reasons that I chose to go to Master's Commission is because I saw, even in my infancy stages in following Jesus... Something had to happen in our family for the next generation to be different than the prior generations. I was at 18 years old. 
And I had prayed for college, and God opened that door. And it was at college that God just kept just knocking on my heart, door in my heart, saying, Ty Bean, I want to change the culture of your family. Ty Bean, I want to change the culture of your family. And it's going to be weird, and it's going to be different. I'm going to ask you to do something that seems so bizarre. But I'm going to start something in you that will change the next generation of beans. And I don't say that braggadociously. I tell you that in the fact that someone had to take a step of faith in our family. Someone had to take a step of faith in our family. And I literally left college. And you could say, well, Ty went to go master's commission to be a youth pastor. Ty went to go to start a rodeo ministry. Ty didn't even know about those things. The only thing Ty knew was if we were going to be different, it had to start with somebody. And I decided, I don't know how, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what, but God, if you can, I am willing. And that's what Master's Commission as a discipleship program did for me. It literally changed everything I was taught, everything I was shown, Everything and how to do things, everything that say, oh, that everybody does that, everybody does that, everybody does that, that you're a man, it's okay to think this way, it's okay to do it like this, it's okay to do, I had more permission to do everything in the name of Jesus than as an 18-year-old. It's like, you're a Christian, you go to church, you accepted Christ, your Savior, but you can live like the devil all week long. And even I knew that was never going to produce the kingdom of God in my life. It's not a reward system. It's just absolute honesty. How can you expect to not smell like the world if you've been in the world? And I stunketh. Okay, come on. And this, can we put that back up there? This was the statement that I can truly say that I decided I wanted to be different. And you know what it did? It changed my brother's life. It changed my dad's life. My mom, my mom made faith steps, big faith steps. But even she'll say, Ty, you, you took this further than I even could. And I, I don't know. My mom is so amazing in her faith. But I take this so serious. You know why? Because God did such a big thing. And so when it comes to people saying you get too uptight, Ty, you need to take a chill pill, you need to, to lighten off. Are you kidding me? Is the blood of Jesus that unimportant? Is the blood of Jesus that unimportant? And so when it comes to doing it God's way, I take it very important, not because of me, but because of what he did in me that I didn't deserve. So, in this series, we're going to talk about your family culture and the shift in leadership and the behavior. Okay, It's going to be fun. I promise it's going to be fun. And it's going to be life-giving like it was for me too. Next thing, what about your family strategy? Every family's got a strategy. Heck, you've got strategy right now. You're, you're, you're sending your kids to school because you want them to get an education. That's a strategy. Maybe you have a strategy here today that we want to get out of debt and we want to stay out of debt. That's a strategy. 
But can I turn to you and tell you that we can come up with every awesome godly strategy. And I said godly strategy. Let's say we just sit here today and we just talk about all the things. God does it this way and God does it this way and we're going to do it God's way and we're going to do it. That's a strategy. But do you want me to be really honest with you? If your culture isn't different at home than it is in your strategy, this is the reality. Bad culture eats your strategy all day long. You can say, we're going to do it God's way. You can say, we're going we're to forgive. We're going to live in forgiveness. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna walk in this. We're going to do it this way. You can come up with every strategy, but if your culture doesn't match your strategy, you're dead in the water. That's why this series is so important, because God's going to give you strategies. God's going to give you the ways to do it his way. He's going to show you kingdom principles. But if we don't change our culture, it's going to derail God's strategy in our life. So let's shift this, okay? okay? Let's talk about good culture. Good culture actually cultivates strategy. Good culture is the soil. Good culture is where God's changed, got the old rocks out of our heart. He's got the weeds pulled in our heart. We've seen the culture change, and we are completely different, and our culture is different. And then God starts giving a strategy on how to plant seed and how to expect a harvest. And if you plant this, you'll receive this. And if you do this, it turns into this. And if you trust me in this, I'll take you here. And the soil is as worked as the strategy is given by God. And I want you to know, good culture cultivates great strategy every time. Let me show you this. Every family has a culture. Everyone. Every family has a culture that you can look at and see what are their priorities, what are their values, what is their faith, what is their toxicity, and what is their health, okay? Every family has a culture that is working for God's strategy or against it. Now, a minute ago, I told you that Paul had a lot to say on strategy, Okay, so let me take you to Colossians. In Colossians, Paul says a lot about it. And once again, this would be a fantastic scripture. It's a, it's a good chunk of scripture that you can take all week long and meditate on it and chew on it. Let the Holy Spirit just kind of feed you with it. And start talking to him about the things that Holy Spirit reveals in you when you hear this scripture. Are you ready? Paul says this, therefore... As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Okay, so what he's saying this. There's a day that you have a decision to admit that how you're doing life is wrong. And you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And he is your redeemer. And now that he is your redeemer, are you ready? So walk in him. Another way of saying this, make his culture your culture. Rooted and built up in him and established in faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What I love about this, 
Paul goes, this isn't unnew to you. This is what all we talk about every time we get together. I taught you how to walk in him, how to make his kingdom your kingdom, how to make his will your will, how to make his culture your culture. And Paul goes on, and buckle your seatbelt, here we go. Paul says, therefore, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. All of this in this paragraph here, in this little portion of scripture, is talking about the cultures of this world. And he brings up philosophies, empty deceit, human traditions, and this whole spirit of the world. And unfortunately, this is what we adopt into our culture, and we're completely unaware of it. But it's okay. By a simple decision to want to do it God's way, we can begin to follow Jesus. Paul goes on. He says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have filled, and you have been filled in him who is in the head of all rule and authority. Now, this is really important, okay? This is where it gets wordy. What Paul's saying here is so important. He goes, You've got to realize all authority is in Christ Jesus, okay? And we are filled. In him. When you're in Christ, you are filled completely. You're in Christ Jesus. And that's where culture shifts. That's where culture shifts. And so for everybody here today, you're like, this sounds like a lot of work. Not if you just are in Christ. Your culture shifts automatically. Your culture shifts automatically. I didn't change me. He changed me. I didn't fix me. He fixed me. I am, you, you wouldn't even like the old Thai bean. I don't know if you like this Thai bean. But if there's anything about me you like, I promise it's Jesus and me in him. And it's a whole new me because of who he is and his authority, his deity. He is the head. And we need to submit to his authority. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive into this series, Family Culture, Building Foundations. All of us want to be successful. And like a skyscraper, we want to build straight up. Let's just go for it. Let's do great and awesome things. Let's win championships. Let's build buildings. Let's, 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 let's win. Let's, let's make a bunch of money. Let's go, go, go. Let's make successful kids. Nothing wrong with strategy, but for every skyscraper that goes up, there has to be a foundation that goes down. And we're going to talk for the next couple weeks about the family foundations that are so crucial for us to be the people God wants us to be. Kiddos, teenagers in the room, you may have friends that didn't grow up with a great family um, culture you would do them a favor in a way that only you can do you're their buddy you're their friend and you can simply turn to them and go hey I love you I know it's a tough topic but I think you need to come to church with me for the next several weeks because I think you're really discouraged with the way you've seen family be done and this could change how you ever viewed how family could be done
I have a goal for this series. I have something I'm praying about. I'm, I'm believing. And, I, and I, this is my prayer for you. I truly go to the Lord daily and have been praying for you and your family on this specific thing. I have been going to the Lord and believing that every family, every family, your family, my family, families I don't know, Lee County families, West Texas families, every family who wants to take this culture serious, every family can have faith-filled, healthy, high-performing, loving family members in it. No question of a doubt. I truly, I think this is a bold statement. This is a big statement. I truly believe that every family can have faith-filled, trusting in God, healthy, spiritually, physically, mentally, high-performing, being the people that God has called them to be and no less. Loving, which means we can be successful and we can love people. We can be put in tough situations and love people. We can have patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all of these things because they're a fruit of the Spirit and we are walking in the Spirit. And this can come from your family and my family because we let Jesus change our culture. Let me wrap up with one scripture. Jesus was asked one time, what's the greatest commandment? Remember he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Okay? Strength. But he was quoting Deuteronomy. Now, here's what's really cool. And some of you have never read this before. Just to the point where you think what Jesus had to say about the number one thing, Jesus didn't say all that was written in Deuteronomy. And it's actually very inspiring. So let, let's go. In Deuteronomy, it says this. Hear, O Israel, which happens to be the family. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. But look at the next verse. It's going to sound familiar. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. By the way, if you're looking for a family mission statement, if you're looking for a family foundational truth if you're looking for kids to come up in your family and go how do we live life you go okay we've got a mission statement actually in our family it's that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart all of our soul and with all of our strength how do you make a decision in your family we make sure that we we're honoring God with all of our heart all of our soul all our strength what what if it's not doing these things we know it's not God's best choice for our family this is our family mission statement. And if you want to get started and you go, our family needs a mission statement. Our family needs to be able to say, is this party actually loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength? Is smoking that really honoring God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength? Is, is you dating him God's best for your life in honoring him with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength? And if it's not then it's not God's best. Because this family culture is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. I kind of threw the mind thing in there. But listen to what Deuteronomy says next. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And he goes on. You shall teach them diligently to your children and walk 
and, and, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. This should be the conversation of your family because it's the culture. He goes on, Deuteronomy. He says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall, shall be a, a frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And he goes on, he says, you are, oh, no, no, stop, go back. Go back, I messed up, there we go. Um, this is, is, is Moses' way of saying, oh, excuse me, yeah. This is, this is when they're fixing to go into the promised land. And this whole big moment of we are going to have the culture of having faith in God. But let me get your heart ready. It's a culture thing. Here's what I think. I think you're going to be happier if you pursue the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I think your family is going to be happier. I think there's going to be joy in your family. I think there's going to be some uprooting and things we have to talk about. But in the end, this culture of honoring God, you're going to be happier. If you will love, pursue the Lord God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Uh, here's something else I believe for this series. I think your family is going to have so much more clarity on how to make decisions, on where to go, on what to do. If they can love the Lord your God with all their heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I think one more thing. I think your family culture is going to experience so much kingdom growth if you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And let me tell you something I think could happen in this series too. I think you could also want to give up on your family culture. Because you're just going to be, you're going to think, this is so much work. Guys, there's so much stuff we got to talk about, dig up. Come on. You're looking at the temporary. And I'm trying to get you to look at the long term. Can you imagine the families that come after you in your family who know God? who love God, who honor God, who want God's best, who talk about God's best, whose faith is strong. And they may not have the struggles you had because you stepped out and allowed God to change your culture for his kingdom. So next week, I'm flying a guy down from Louisiana. He's a pretty cool dude. I've known him since he was 15 years old, and he used to go to the Young Pro Team Roping Camps. He's a fantastic team roper. He's a great videographer. He was once a youth pastor. He's he, now an associate pastor. He's one of my really good buddies. His name is Brady Cannon. And Brady Cannon has so much wisdom on the topic of family culture. And Brady's coming to speak next week. And he's specifically going to talk about how do you get your kids, how do you get your family to buy into this new way of living? And I can't wait for you to meet Brady Cannon next week. He's going to be fantastic. The next week, I'm going to come back and I can't wait to talk to you about your family mission and your family values. Okay? But then the next week, Heather and I are going to tag team together up here on this stage. And trust me, 
Heather Bean can always bring it. I'm just the arm candy, okay? So we're going to have a lot of fun with this series. But I want you to start stirring up what is Holy Spirit saying to you about the culture that you're living in. Maybe, just maybe, you would start wanting his way of doing things instead of maybe the way that you've got comfortable doing things. Can I get you to stand to your feet? I'd really like to pray for you. If you're in this room and, and, and you would say, dang, I need this. Okay, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this room and you would go, I need this. My family needs this. Would you just lay your hands out, almost like you're going to receive something from the Lord. Just lay your hands out. And Father God, today I pray for every person in this room, every person with their hands open before you. And I pray right now, as their hands are open, Father, this is a symbolism from their heart to their hands. God, would you fill me up? We've come such a long ways. But God, I want to go further. Today I pray for marriages in this room. Today I pray for parenting in this room. Today I pray for, for the, the, the retirees in this room. I pray for Lee County in West Texas. And Father, today I pray that we would choose your kingdom over our old culture. Would you come speak to us? Will you come meet with us? I pray that every time in the next several weeks we come in, it would be beyond a family thing and it would be such an individual person thing of culture that it just ends up changing everything. But I specifically pray for the families. I pray that godly, that kids would grow up to, to want your best for their life. I pray that grandkids would grow up to want your best for their life. I pray that there would be humility people wouldn't come in all arrogant and boastful and proud and say, oh, I'm not changing for nothing, but we would truly come before you humble and honest. And Father, today I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and do what only you can do. Feed us, lead us, guide us, show us. And Father, today I pray that something really dynamic would happen in this church and even our online campus in this new series, Family Culture, we're about to kick off. We love you, we trust you, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna sing a worship song to the Lord and let's just worship him and let's just praise him. But if you're in this room and you would say, I need some prayer, I would love to pray for you. Heather and I are gonna be over here and our worship, our, our prayer team's coming up. They're coming up right now. Jessica's gonna be over here and, and, and different people here and there. And if you need prayer, step out of your seat, come forward. We'd love to pray for you guys. Come on, let's worship the Lord one more time.